Hi there, it's Nana. I'm back again. And this time I'm going to post two episodes both on the same day because I want to read all the chapters about the exciting things that happened to Danny Meadow Mouse before we go into other parts of this book. So let's proceed and read chapter seven. Old Granny Fox Tries a New Plan. Old Granny Fox kept thinking about Danny Meadow Mouse. She knew that he was fat, and it made her mouth water every time she thought of him. She made up her mind that she must and would have him. She knew that Danny had been very, very much frightened when she and Reddy Fox had tried so hard to catch him by plunging down through the snow into his little tunnels after him and she felt pretty sure that he wouldn't go far away from the old fence post in the hollow of which he was snug and safe. Old Granny Fox is very smart. Danny Metamouse won't put his nose out of that old fence post for a day or two. Then he'll get tired of staying inside all the time, and he'll peep out one of his little round doorways to see if the way is clear. If he doesn't see any danger, he'll come out and run around on top of the snow to get some of the seeds in the tops of the tall grasses that stick out through the snow. Hmm, if nothing frightens him, he'll keep going a little further and a little further from that old fence post. I must see to it that Danny Meadow Mouse isn't frightened for a few days. So said old Granny Fox to herself as she lay under a hemlock tree, studying how she could best get the next meal. Then she called Reddy Fox to her and forbade him to go down on the meadows until she should tell him he might. Reddy grumbled and mumbled and didn't see why he shouldn't go where he pleased, but he didn't dare disobey. You see, he had a sore foot. He had hurt it on a wire barb when he was plunging through the snow after Danny Meadow Mouse, and now he had to run on three legs. That meant that he must depend upon Granny Fox to help him get enough to eat. So Reddy didn't dare to disobey. It all came out just as Granny Fox had thought it would. Danny Meadow Mouse did get tired of staying in the old fence post. He did peep out first, and then he did run a little way on the snow, and then a little further and a little further. But all the time he took great care not to get more than a jump or two from one of his little round doorways leading down to his tunnels under the snow. Hidden on the edge of the green forest, Granny Fox watched him. She looked up at the sky, and she knew that it was going to snow again. That's good, said she. Tomorrow morning, <laughs> I'll have fat metamos for breakfast. And she smiled, a hungry smile. The next morning, before jolly round red Mr. Sun was out of bed, old Granny Fox trotted down to the meadows and straight over to where, down under the snow, lay the old fence post. It had snowed again, and all of the little doorways of Danny Meadow Mouse 
were covered up with soft, fleecy snow. Behind Granny Fox limped Reddy Fox, grumbling to himself. When they reached the place where the old fence post lay buried under the snow, Granny Fox stretched out as flat as she could. Then she told Reddy to cover her up with the new soft snow. Reddy did as he was told, but all the time he grumbled. Now you go off to the green forest and keep out of sight, said Granny Fox. By and by, I'll bring you some meadow mouse for your breakfast. And Granny Fox chuckled to think how smart she was and how she was going to catch Danny Meadow Mouse. Chapter 8 Brother North Wind Proves a Friend Danny Meadow Mouse had seen nothing of old Granny Fox or Reddy Fox for several days. Every morning, the first thing he did, even before he had breakfast, was to climb up to one of his little round doorways and peep out over the beautiful white meadows to see if there was any danger near. But every time he did this, Danny used a different doorway. For, said Danny to himself, if anyone should happen, just happen to see me this morning, they might be waiting just outside my doorway to catch me tomorrow morning. You see, there is a great deal of wisdom in that little head that Danny Meadow Mouse carries on his shoulders. But the first day, and the second day, and the third day, he saw nothing of old Granny Fox or of Reddy Fox, and he began to enjoy running through his tunnels under the snow and scurrying across from one doorway to another on top of the snow, just as he had before the foxes had tried so hard to catch him. But he hadn't forgotten, as Granny Fox had hoped he would. No, indeed, Danny Meadow Mouse had not forgotten. He was too wise for that. One morning, when he started to climb up to one of his little doorways, he found that it was closed. Yes, sir, it was closed. In fact, there wasn't any doorway. More snow had fallen from the clouds in the night and had covered up every one of the little round doorways of Danny Meadow Mouse. Ha, huh, said Danny, I shall have a busy day, a very busy day, opening all my doorways. I'll eat my breakfast and then I'll go to work. So Danny Meadow Mouse ate a good breakfast of seeds, which he had stored in the hollow of the old fence post buried under the snow, and then he went to work on the nearest doorway. It really wasn't work at all, for you see the snow was soft and light, and Danny dearly loved to dig in it. In a few minutes, he had made a wee hole through which he could peep up at jolly round red Mr. Sun. In a few minutes more, he had made it big enough to put his head out. He looked this way, and he looked that way. Far off on the top of a tree, he could see old Roughleg the hawk. But he was so far away that Danny didn't fear him at all. I don't see anything or anybody to be afraid of, said Danny, and he poked his head out a little further. Then he sat and studied everything around him for a long, long time. 
It was a beautiful white world, a very beautiful white world. Everything was so white and pure and beautiful that it didn't seem possible that harm or danger for anyone could even be thought of. Oh, but Danny Meadow Mouse had learned long ago that things are not always what they seem. And so he sat with just his little head sticking out of his doorway and studied and studied. Just a little way off was a little heap of snow. I don't remember that, said Danny, and I don't remember anything that would make that. There isn't any little bush or old log or anything underneath it. Hmm. Perhaps Mr. Northwind, Brother Northwind, heaped it up just for fun. But all the time, Danny Meadow Mouse kept studying and studying that little heap of snow. And pretty soon he saw rough Brother Northwind coming his way and tossing the snow about as he came. He caught a handful from the top of the little heap of snow that Danny was studying. And when he passed, Danny's sharp eyes saw something red there. That was just the color of the cloak old Granny Fox wears. Granny Fox, you can't fool me. I see you plain as plain can be, shouted Danny Meadow Mouse and dropped down out of sight while old Granny Fox shook the snow from her red cloak and with a snarl of disappointment and anger slowly started for the green forest where Reddy Fox was waiting for her. Chapter 9. Danny Meadow Mouse is caught at last. Tippity-toppity-tippity-toe, play and frolic in the snow. Now you see me, now you don't. Think you'll catch me, but you won't. Tippity-toppity-tippity-toe, so much fun to play in the snow. Danny Meadow Mouse sang this, or at least he tried to sing it, as he skipped about on the snow that covered the green meadows. But Danny Meadow Mouse has such a tiny little voice, such a funny little squeaky voice, that had you been there, you probably would never have guessed that he was singing. He thought he was, though, and was enjoying it, just as much as if he had the most beautiful voice in the whole world. You know singing is nothing in the world but happiness in the heart making itself heard. Oh, yes, Danny Meadow Mouse was happy. Why shouldn't he have been? Hadn't he proved himself smarter than old Granny Fox? That was something to make anyone happy. Some folks may fool Granny Fox once. Some may fool her twice. But there are very few who can keep right on fooling her until she gives up in disgust. That is just what Danny Meadow Mouse had done, and he felt very smart, and of course he felt very happy. So Danny sang his little song and skipped about in the moonlight and dodged in and out of his little round doorways, and all the time he kept his sharp little eyes open for any sign of Granny Fox or Reddy Fox. But with all his smartness, Danny forgot. Yes, sir, Danny forgot one thing. He forgot to watch up in the sky. 
He knew uh, that, of course, old Roughleg the Hawk was asleep, so he had nothing to fear from him. But he never once thought of Hooty the Owl. Oh, dear me, dear me. Forgetting is a dreadful habit. If nobody ever forgot, there wouldn't be nearly so much trouble in the world. No, indeed, there wouldn't be nearly so much trouble. And Danny Meadow Mouse forgot. He skipped and sang and was happy as could be, and never once thought to watch up in the sky. Over in the great forest, Hooty the Owl had had poor hunting, and he was feeling cross. You see, Hooty was hunger, and hunger is apt to make one feel cross. The longer he hunted, the hungrier and crossy, crosser he grew. Suddenly, he thought of Danny Meadow Mouse. I suppose he is asleep somewhere safe and snug under the snow, grumbled Hooty. But he might be, he just might be out for a frolic in the moonlight. I believe I'll go down to the meadows and see. Now, Hooty the Owl can fly without making the teeniest, weeniest sound. It seems as if he just drifts along through the air like a great shadow. Now he spread his great wings and floated out over the meadows. You know, Hooty can see as well at night as most folks can see by day. And it was not long before he saw Danny Meadow Mouse skipping about on the snow and dodging in and out of his little round doorways. Hootie's great eyes grew brighter and fiercer. Without a sound, he floated through the moonlight until he was just over Danny Meadow Mouse. Too late, Danny looked up. His little song ended in a tiny squeak of fear and he started for his nearest little round doorway. Hooty the Owl reached down with his long, cruel claws, and Danny Meadow Mouse was caught at last. Chapter 10 A Strange Ride and How It Ended Danny Meadow Mouse often had sat watching Skimmer the Swallow sailing around up in the blue-blue sky. He had watched old Mr. Buzzard go up, up, up until he was nothing but a tiny speck, and Danny had wondered how it would seem to be way above the green meadows and the green forest and look down. It had seemed to him that it must be very wonderful and beautiful. Sometimes he had wished that he had wings and could go up in the air and look down. And now here he was, he, Danny Meadow Mouse, actually doing that very thing. But Danny could see nothing wonderful or beautiful now. No, indeed. Everything was terrible. For you see, Danny Meadow Mouse wasn't flying himself. He was being carried. Yes, Sir Danny Meadow Mouse was being carried through the air in the cruel claws of Hooty the Owl. And all because Danny had forgotten, forgotten to watch up in the sky for danger. 
Poor, poor Danny Meadow Mouse. Hooty's great cruel claws hurt him dreadfully. But it wasn't the pain that was the worst. No, indeed, it wasn't the pain. It was the thought of what would happen when Hooty reached his home in the green forest, for he knew that there Hooty would gobble him up, bones and all. As he flew, Hooty kept chuckling, and Danny Meadow Mouse knew just about what those chuckles meant. They meant that Hooty was thinking of the good meal he was going to have. Hanging there in Hooty's great cruel, cruel claws, Danny looked down on the snow-covered green meadows he loved so well. They seemed a frightfully long way below him, though really they were not very far at all, for Hooty was flying very low. But Danny Meadow Mouse had never in his life been up so high before, so it seemed to him that he was way, way up in the sky, and he shut his eyes so as not to see. But he couldn't keep them shut. No, sir, he couldn't keep them shut. He just had to keep opening them. There was the dear old green forest drawing nearer and nearer. It had always looked very beautiful to Danny Meadow Mouse, but now it looked terrible. Very terrible indeed, because over in it, in some dark spot, was the home of Hooty the Owl. Just ahead of him was the old briar patch where Peter Rabbit lives so safely. Every old bramble in it was covered with snow, and it was very, very beautiful. Really, everything was just as beautiful as ever. The moonlight, the green forest, the snow-covered green meadows, the old briar patch. The only change was in Danny Meadow Mouse himself, and it was all because he had forgotten. Suddenly, Danny began, began to wriggle and struggle. Keep still, still, snapped Hooty the Owl. But Danny only struggled harder. It seemed to him that Hooty wasn't holding him as tightly as at first. He felt one of Hooty's claws slip. It tore his coat and hurt a bit, but it slipped. The fact is, Hooty had only grabbed Danny Meadow Mouse by the loose part of his coat, and up in the air he couldn't get hold of Danny any better. Danny kicked and squirmed and twisted and twisted and squirmed and kicked. He felt his coat tear and, of course, the skin with it, but he kept right on, for now he was hanging almost free. Hooty had started now, down now so as to get a better hold. Danny gave one more kick, and then he felt himself falling. Danny Meadow Mouse shut his eyes and held his breath. Down, down, down he fell. It seemed to him that he never would strike the snow-covered meadows. Really, he fell only a short little distance, but it seemed a terribly long distance to Danny. He hit something that scratched him, and then plump, he landed in the soft snow right in the very middle of the old briar patch. And the last thing he remembered was hearing the scream of disappointment and rage of Hooty the Owl. Chapter 11 Peter Rabbit Gets a Fright Peter Rabbit sat in his favorite place in the middle of the dear old briar patch, trying to decide which way he would go on his travels that night. 
The night before, he had had a narrow escape from old Granny Fox over in the green forest. There was nothing to eat around the smiling pool and no one to talk to there anymore, and you know that Peter must either eat or ask questions in order to be perfectly happy. No, the smiling pool was too dull a place to interest Peter on such a beautiful moonlit night, and Peter had no mind to try his legs against those of old Granny Fox, again in the green forest. Early that morning, just after Peter had settled down for his morning nap, Tommy Tit the Chickadee had dropped into the dear old briar patch just to be neighborly. Peter was just dozing off when he heard the cheeriest little voice in the world. It was saying, Chickadee-dee-dee, I see you, can you see me? Peter began to smile even before he could get his eyes open and look up. There, right over his head, was Tommy Tit hanging hit down from a nodding old bramble. In, the, in a twinkling, he was down in the snow right in front of Peter, then up in the brambles again, right side up, upside down, here, there, everywhere, never still a minute, and all the time chattering away in the cheeriest little voice in the world. Chickadee-dee-dee, I'm as happy as can be, find it much the better way to be happy all the day. Chickadee-dee-dee, everybody's good to me. Hello, Tommy, said Peter Rabbit. Where'd you come from? from old Farmer Brown's new orchard on the hill. It's a fine orchard, Peter Rabbit, a very fine orchard. I go there every morning for my breakfast. If the winter lasts long enough, I'll have all the trees cleaned up for Farmer Brown. Peter looked puzzled. What do you mean? he asked. Just what I say, replied Tommy Tit, almost turning somersault in the air. There's a million eggs of insects on those young peach trees, but I'm clearing them off all as fast as I can. They're pretty fine eating, Peter Rabbit, mighty fine eating. And with that, Tommy Tit said goodbye and flitted away. Peter was thinking of that young orchard now as he sat in the moonlight trying to make up his mind where to go. The thought of those young peach trees made his mind mouth water. It was a long way up to the orchard on the hill, a very long way, and Peter was wondering if it really was safe to go. He had just made up his mind to try it, for Peter is very, very fond of the bark of young peach trees, when thump, something dropped out of the sky at his very feet. It startled Peter so that he nearly tumbled over backward, and right at the same instant came the fierce, angry scream of Hooty the Owl. That almost made Peter's heart stop beating, although he knew that Hooty couldn't get, a, get him down here in the old briar patch. When Peter got his wits together and his heart didn't go so jumpy, he looked to see what had dropped so close to him out of the sky. His big eyes grew bigger than ever, and he rubbed them to make sure that he really saw what he thought he saw. Yes, there was no doubt about it. There at his feet lay Danny Meadowmouse. Mouse.